hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey, welcome to Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. I'm your host, Joey Ryan, and if you're enjoying this content, do me a favor and hit the subscribe button and the like button, share it, uh, click that little notification bell so that you're notified every time a new episode drops, and do me a favor also, add something in the comments. So if there's something I forgot to ask one of these players that you're like, man, I, I really want to know that. Put it in the comments. It'll help me get better at doing this, and it'll help me get better at asking questions and finding out more about these amazing players. Uh, so today we have a just an excellent interview, uh, and I'm really excited about it because it's my first female interview, and it's also my first international interview. So I'm t- tackling two things at once here, and I'm really excited about it. And so our guest today is already won a WPBA event, uh, the Super Billiards Expo, the Youth World Championship, and she's a six-time European women's champion and seven-time Euro Tour women's champion. And so coming to us all the way from Moscow, Russia, I'd like to welcome Christina Tkach to the show. Hey, Christina. Hi, everyone. So, Christina, just to get started, can you tell us how you got started in pool? Um, my dad actually brought me into a pool. I was eight years old and he really liked the game, but not pool, but Russian pyramid. I don't know if you really know this game where it's a big table, very tiny pockets with the big white balls. Um, and as I was very small, like short, uh, it's not like I'm very high now, but <laughs> when I was a kid, I was even shorter. So I couldn't reach the table because it's higher, like maybe as a snooker table. So he decided me to try pool because the table is lower and it was easier for me to, to be able to reach it. So that's how it started. So I've always been, um, you know, I've always looked at female pool players and I view it as it's a difficult thing sometimes because, you know, when I see a lot of the male players, it seems like they don't often give you the kind of respect that you deserve and sometimes they're like oh well this is a girl i can beat this girl you know uh do you experience that quite a bit and you know what's that like yeah uh, i think it's it happens in any area of anything starts with work and any kind of you know office job anything any any kind of job uh, women get so uh, underestimated because it's like, oh, she's girl. How can she handle it? How she can, you know, know what's right and what's wrong? So yeah, of course it happens in sports too, especially in pool, as there's not so many good female players and male players think that, you know, we we can't really play. But you know what? I don't really care, and I I like that because. Uh, when you gamble, it helps a lot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when the guys who is playing worse than you thinking he can beat you. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you think whatever. And we just play. Yeah. Who's your favorite pool player to watch? Uh, I think it's Alex Pagulain. 
I really enjoy watching him play. And I know it's kind of old school, but I still really enjoy watching it. Because I like um, I like his passion for for game, and you can really see that that he's very very dedicated to what he he does, and I kind of really admire that. Yeah, I just recently interviewed Alex, and you know I have to agree with you. He's probably one of the more passionate players that I've seen, but also one of the more intelligent. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's one of the things that I love about him. I'm really curious, you know, I've played pool in the United States for years and, um, you know, occasionally in other places I travel, you know, I travel to Brazil. I played a little bit of pool there in different places. What is playing pool in Russia like? So you've played in the United States and obviously Russia because you live there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell like the American viewer that used to go into the pool room in America how it differs in Russia. It's very different because uh, it's not really popular here and we only have one or two decent pool halls where you can come and play and enjoy really game because the tables are good, the balls are clean and for the rest there's no other places you can really play the game. Uh, so it's quite boring and we don't really have a lot of players, um, even amateurs, you know. Uh, so it's very complicated to to gamble or to do something like this. So I guess for American pool players, it, it would be very boring to come in, in Moscow because really no no games. We only but well, we have one very very great club. Um, it's the name is Baza. I don't know if you heard about it, but many many Europeans and American you Moscone Cup team were there. All the guys like Billy Sky and Shane. Um, so it, it's really a great place, um, but for the rest, nothing else. Is that the place where you recently played uh, Fedor Gorst? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because that's uh, that's where. Sorry. No, go ahead. What do you say? Uh, that's where they were playing a Dream Challenge, uh, America against Russia. So it's that club. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I watched that match, and you know I. I was struck with just, first of all, there seemed like there were quite a bit of people grabbing balls and going to tables and the equipment looked really great. The lighting looked great. It looked like a really nice place to play pool. So I was wondering Mm -hmm. if there were a lot more places like that, but I guess, I guess not too many, huh? No. I'm curious how you train uh, when you're preparing for a big match or a big tournament. Uh, Can you take us through that? Is it do you do drills or do you just try to hit as many balls as possible? Do you try to set up some gambling matches to kind of get you tuned up? How do you prepare for a big tournament? So I don't do any kind of drills before tournaments for sure. Uh, I just try to pay attention a lot in my stroke routine. Uh, and also like doing mind techniques and just make sure my my hand is good you know it's 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 straight and it's solid uh, and then I just try to set up some little gambling matches just to get in game or uh, I can just play ghost you know something like this what is one of the most important things that you would say you've done to develop as a top player um 
discipline. Being disciplined and do whatever you have to do, no matter what. You don't want it, you want it, it's raining or it's sunny, it's night or it's morning. You know, if you have to go to practice, you have to go to practice no matter what. Uh, actually, I was uh, very, I mean, I always did that, uh, but I was very um, inspired with uh, one of the book. I don't know if you ever read the Nat, um, Rafa book, Rafael Nadal, Nadal, you know, tennis player. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he, he wrote a book about his life and uh, he was saying that if you once let yourself to um, you know, to take a break when you don't have to, you know, when you let yourself just be lazy once, it will keep going again and again because you get used to that. And and that's why you, you can never really let yourself do what you want. You know what I mean? But in, in a good way, like if, you, if I have to go to practice and I know I have to spend certain hours, I have to do something, there is no excuse, ex, excuses, sorry. <laughs> there is no excuses. I have just to go and do that. So I guess that's, that's what really helped me a lot in developing. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, I think, you know, pool players need to read more, right? Because there's a lot of things that we can get yeah. from books from people who are successful in other sports like Rafael Nadal. I mean, the guy's amazing. And so if he has something to say about winning and about being a champion, we should probably listen. So I think that's a great yeah. recommendation. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, why not just, you know, try to learn from successful people? It's not going to hurt you anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. So this is a little bit of a tough question, but tell me your highest high and your lowest low as a pool player. Um, like my worst period of my game and my best? Oh, what does it mean? Yeah, kind of the highest high, meaning like the best you've ever felt about something that happened with pool, maybe the best title you've won or, you know, a time when you were just on top of the world. And then your lowest low would be just the worst you've ever felt, you know, after a pool match or, you know, at a time in your life when you're playing pool. Well, that was um, a time, um, I guess it was a little over a year when I felt actually horrible when I played pool because I was way too frustrated. I was way too nervous and I expected from myself way too much. And I obviously couldn't handle it. And it started after I won a lot of titles in Europe as a woman already, not just as a girl. And it, it gave me a lot of pressure actually. Like many people would say, you know, who cares? You already won so many titles and just go and enjoy. But it happens actually opposite way when you come to the tournament and everybody expecting you to win, everybody expecting you to play very good. But uh, it's not actually always up to you, you know, to win. Sometimes it happens that no matter what you do, you still lose. So it gave me a lot of a lot of pressure and I couldn't really handle handle myself on the game I was too nervous too like in panic and it was like for a long period of time even though in that period of time I still was able to win something I don't know how but 
but it was a very very hard time for me so i guess it my it was my lowest low how did you how did you come out of that before you go to your highest high? How did you get out of that period of time? Because I think there's other people that probably have experienced something similar. You know what? I cannot t tell you actually the answer because I hit the the bottom in in my game. Like I I was so pissed and disappointed, and I was so emotionally down that. I just said, fuck it, you know, you know, what's going to, what's going to happen worse than where I'm now. <laughs> and I just said, whatever happens, I don't care anymore. So I guess it's not really the way it have to be. You really have to understand the problem and trying to solve it and blah, blah, blah. But maybe I wasn't smart enough back then. And I'm not sure if I would be smart enough to, to do that now. But my, my solution was just to kind of give up and just play as I play. And then I started to play back in my game when I stopped actually expecting from myself anything. So yeah, I, I cannot really give um, the recommendation about that because I, I know what I did, it wasn't right. You cannot give up no matter what, but that's what I did and it helped me so. Well, that, that does sound somewhat like a rec recommendation, right? Like stop putting high expectations on yourself and just go out and enjoy the game and let what oh, happens yeah, yeah. happen. It's very yeah. easy on words. That's the thing. That's <laughs> why, you know, when people actually gave me a recommendation, how I have to handle it, I was so angry because you don't understand how hard is that. It's very easy to say, just go and play and enjoy, but it's, it's like every person is so different and everybody's, you know, uh, thinking different things and, that's why I don't want to give any kind of recommendations because it's very it's very individual for each person. Yeah. Maybe, you know, of course, to trying to read more books because there's a lot of information in books about take any any successful athlete, any successful person and read their book, their story. And you'll find so many interesting things that actually might be very similar to your situation this is the only i guess smart way to to do with the problem yeah so tell me about your highest high um my highest high i guess i would say two periods of my life it's when i just started to win uh, women women uh, tournaments after I stopped, no, I was 16 when I was, when I won the first time European Championship. So I still played in a youth division, but from 16 to 18, I think it was the time of my life when I, I don't know, I enjoyed the game so, so much because I realized, okay, maybe I can do really serious, you know, in that, like I can be real professional if, if I can beat uh, women already in, in my age. So I was kind of, I don't know, I was so, so happy when I played and I, I didn't care who is thinking about me what, I just come and, and just enjoy. And then um, I guess last year I had a really, really great year because I played so many games and tournaments and I spent so many time in America and everything everything was so new for me 
so it kind of gave me a lot of new strength and uh, yeah I would say all the tournaments most of the tournaments that I played um, even if I didn't win I still you know got a lot of fun and um, for myself not like hanging around Buhol, you know what I mean fun in the game with myself so I think it was my highest high and yeah, yeah, I won a lot of tournaments last year, so, so a big one. So yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk a second about last year and the time that you did spend in the United States. Um, did you enjoy it over here? I, I I guess you did. It was part of your highest high. But uh, tell us about like how you felt about being in the United States and competing and kind of the places you went and. You know some of the things that you did any interesting stories um it was very very new for me obviously <laughs> and um after spending so much time home you know i was traveling to europe but it's just for a week or two or to china same to a week or two but i never left home for a couple of months so it was obviously a big challenge for me um so i kind of felt very uh over or overwhelmed mm. yeah yeah like also people were so nice and i was so happy actually and impressed to see how big actually pool in america because i never had really uh something to compare with russia or europe and then I realized how many people actually love the game. Like even people who just come and watch, they never play, but they just enjoy watching. So I was kind of shocked. So also the amount of tournaments, amount of players, amateurs, semi-professional players, uh, I was really like good. It was a good surprise for me. And also I got to know what is to gamble you know what is to play american tournaments and i really really like that everybody knows i like to gamble um <laughs> but i'm not really a gamble player like i guess it's very hard for me to get some player ad play how you say game addiction from from any kind of games but pool i love to gamble not because of money but just the feeling you know that you get uh yeah there was like actually a lot of uh, fun stories um coming back to our conversation about men uh, underestimating a woman and all these uh, conversations sharking and um you know i was also very surprised how man can actually act when he's losing um to a little girl <laughs> it was a, a big surprise for me as well but it's a good good lesson too so yeah there was there was many times when when guys started to play and then losing one or two sets even though we locked like three locked up three sets and after first set he just say oh i have a big headache you know we'll keep going keep playing tomorrow even though he knows that i'm leaving tomorrow <laughs> so all this fun stuff but it's part of the game and i also enjoy that i enjoy any part of the game actually 
Yeah, over here we call that moves. Somebody pulled moves, a move, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm very. Uh, when somebody's trying to shark me, I guess they try to make me angry or make me pissed, but it it just makes my mood so much better. <laughs> so I start to play better because I'm like, how low can you go just to you know try to disturb me from playing? It's just so funny for me. So. Oh, you know, if somebody's gonna watch that and think that, uh, you know, if you ever play to, with me and think it's gonna be good to to shark me, then no, it's yeah. actually only yeah bringing me a lot of joy. <laughs> yeah, like in my case, if somebody tries to shark me, I immediately think they must not think they can beat me. You know, yeah. psychologically, yeah. there's something there that they think they need to try to find a way to get an edge. So they're afraid. To, they're afraid. They're afraid to play me. So it yeah. kind of helps bolster my confidence because why do they need to try to distract me if they think they could beat me outright? You know, and yeah. so that that's a good point. So so I have a question about just the landscape of women's pool. Uh, it seems like, you know, there's there's a few uh, Asian female players that are just i mean like Semeng Chen I she's mm -hmm. like a, almost an 800 Fargo rating I mean she's you know and then you have yourself and some great european players and then it seems like the the female players in the united states aren't quite there why do you think that the asian and european ladies are having more success uh, you mentioned yourself, you come to the United States, there's tons of players, there's tons of action, there's tons of tournaments. Why do you think that the the female players in the United States aren't having as much success? Well, I think for the beginning, um, it's, it's a goal, different kind of goals, I guess, because uh, from talking to, from, from conversation, uh, from our conversations with all these uh, girls and women out there, uh, I realized that none of them really wants to be professional or they want to be professional, but they don't want to do things that professionals have to do. You know, not not trying to insult anybody, but uh, it's a full time job. You cannot just come a couple of times a week, uh, come to the you know pool hall, just have a drink, relax, play with your friend, you know, practice for, for an hour or so, it doesn't work like this. You know, it doesn't work, it couldn't work. Otherwise sport wouldn't never exist, you know, if all the athletes would treat their professional like that. So you have to be really disciplined and you have to work hard for it. And uh, you have to set up the right goals. That's for the most important thing. Because uh, if you don't have goals, then you're in trouble. If you don't know why you play and it's just for fun, then it's very hard to do that professional or trying to get better. I think for most of the part, they they really enjoy the game and it's kind of a hobby for them. That's that's the thing because it's not really well paid. Obviously, everybody knows that uh, it's very hard hard to make money if you are not in top something. You know, in top mm -hmm. I don't know top five in Europe top 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 time top 10 in the in world uh, and to get there it's again it's very hard so i guess it's you know it's uh it's just hard 
hard to find motivation to work very hard when it's going to get paid so so much. And I think it's the same with men in America. There is a lot of, you know, semi-professionals or, you know, people who would who could be really professionals, but it's it's very hard because you need to, to to make money for a living, you need money to travel and for big tournaments. So it's very, very hard. Yeah, that's a good answer. You know, I recent recently I mentioned I recently watched your match with uh, Fedor Gorst, and you know I know that when you were in in the United States, you were matching up with uh, male players. Is that important? Do you think for female players to match up against the male players? I think yes, because anyway, male male players are more experienced, and uh, I like male game more no matter what because uh, you can really learn and see something new and um, it's their tougher tougher players uh, so I think it's very important but I think a lot of girls who match up with men thinking it's okay to lose because I'm a girl and that's where where it, it comes to um that is all this is actually useless if you if you come to play and you think it's okay for me to lose because i'm a girl he's mad and he's better blah 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 then it's going to be helpless for your game you have to come and you have to try your best and even more to beat him and there, there can't be any uh difference between you as a male and female you know what i mean like uh I haven't been talking in English for a while, so it's a little complicated for me <laughs> for all the words. So, I think you're but, doing I think you're doing wonderfully. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's very important to 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 take it as a as there is no uh, sex, you know, like there is no gender. That's what the right the mm-hmm. right word. So, yeah. So, you know, kind of expanding on that a little bit, you know, I have a daughter and, you know, I have two sons. And so I've taught them all how to play pool. And, you know, there's some interest there. And I always teach my daughter that anything she does in life, she can do it just as well as a man. Right. That's I think that's an important message for a little girl to hear. She's seven years old. Um, But looking at pool. I don't think there's ever been a time where there's been a female player who's been the best player in the world. And it kind of, I don't know, it kind of confuses me because if you look at pool, it's not really a game where physicality is involved. You know, there's no reason why a woman couldn't be the best player in the world. Do you think a woman could be the best player in the world one day? Um, no. <laughs> but, well, um, there is. Not really a lot about physical uh, stuff, but actually men are more—they're more like how to say more mature and solid in psychological way. Like you can concentrate better, you can keep this concentration longer, and you are more—you um, can resist better to to a stress situation that's what i would say because even if you look in other um 
professions as for example drivers you know women are very bad in 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 driving cars everybody knows that Uh, because men can handle stress situation so much better and game is anyways a stress situation especially if it's you know if you go further in a tournament if it's some some hill hill match so that's it's a biology i guess nothing you can do yes you can try your best and you can do whatever possible and impossible to try to get on the same level but there's there is a big difference actually anyway between you know um between these little little things but they are actually very important in pool that's why i think i don't think a woman can be the best player in the world yeah, that's interesting. I've heard people speculate and it seems like, you know, it's always trying to guess why that is. We all have that feeling, I think, that there is some biology involved, but what exactly is it? And I've heard people speculate that it might be like testosterone, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, males make testosterone and that gives them like that competitive edge, you know, where winning is we so important. Yeah, yeah. We also, yeah. We also have hormones. Uh, it just doesn't work as 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 much as yours. But uh, let's say women who I don't know fight, they take testosterone, for example, UFC fighters or bodybuilders. But I don't think if I take testosterone, like if I'll take some uh, hormones, like testosterone hormones, I'll play better. Do you believe in that? Oh uh, <laughs> no, but. You'll probably grow a mustache, but yeah, <laughs> or I'll have a lot of muscles, but <laughs> getting better in pool. Yeah, I just yeah, I think it's it's all about the stress resistance, if if you can call it like this. How how can you handle stress situation and how can you handle yourself in a, in some matches? Because there's a lot of women out there actually who play decent pool who can really compete with a man, but when it comes to the game, we're just overthinking too much. You know, we overthink everything. Man, more straight, you know. Uh, he knows that, okay, I did that thousand times, and this time is not different from others, so I'm probably going to shoot this way. And a lot of women, you know, look at this and thinking, oh, maybe I have to try something new, <laughs> even <laughs> though the, the previous, you know, way works absolutely fine but now you want to try something new and or maybe i should play here differently you know <laughs> and actually my my dad is my coach for for all my life and um he's been always very surprised w- when i was playing before i'm like well i just just wanted to try something new and he's yeah. like why <laughs> you know this is what is right there's no other way you don't have to look for something else this is the standard position. There's no other ways. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I would find something. So I guess um, it has it has to be a lot with uh, with all this little biology stuff. Also, man, uh, looking at things more wider, I guess. That's why you are very good in some kind of things, you know, and women are better in some little things where you have to, you have to have a lot of patience, for example, doing some little things with fingers or like stuff like this. So yeah, I think, yeah, it has to be a lot with that. It's personally my opinion. You know, that's very interesting. 
about the stress piece and handling stress. And it reminded me of a story in my life. My youngest son, when he was 18 months old, um, now I'm the parent who worries, you know, and mm -hmm. I, you know, you, you could say that I don't typically handle stress well in a normal situation, whereas my wife is very calm usually, right? But this one particular day, my 18 month old son at the time had a seizure. And when he had a seizure, she screamed and she freaked out. And I'm the one that normally freaks out, but I came upstairs, I grabbed him, I laid him down, I checked his pulse, I called 911, and I was completely calm, you know? And I don't know what it was, but if something came over me that said I needed to be calm while my wife was freaking out, you know? So maybe you're onto something there because that was, uh, yeah. Go ahead. What? I just don't want to put a cliche to all women that we are not absolutely stress resistant. Of course not. We we can also handle hard situations, but it's about, you know, if it comes one time in your life, two times in your life, yeah. But when it comes to handling stress every day, for example, in the tournaments or in gambling, uh, it's your average stress, resist stress resistance, you know, which yeah. is for men, so much higher than for women, I think. I, I don't want to say that, you know, there's also a lot of men who, you know, absolutely cannot handle themselves in a stress. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not about the gender, but the, the, the average uh, rate is, I think it's higher for men anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult thing to kind of dissect, but I, I like some of the things that you said. I think it's pretty interesting. Let me, you're kind of switching gears a little bit. Let me ask you, uh, what do you do outside of pool? Do you have any hobbies or maybe other talents that people don't know about um, or interests? Well, I actually have a lot of interests. Like the only problem is that I don't really have time always to do what I really would like to do. But um, I really like to cook and baking stuff. Uh, so very typical for Russian girl, I guess. <laughs> uh, also, I really, you know, like to work out recently, maybe since quarantine, because there wasn't a lot of things to do. Uh, so I would say practicing some yoga and meditation stuff. Uh, also, I like to read books, you know, I read a lot of books and I like to watch smart movies you know not not smart but something you can really think about that make you makes you think about different things and i really enjoy watching that kind of movies um for the rest nothing like uh, maybe you know learn another language i really like french and uh, i would love to learn it one day uh, that that's it Actually, pool takes a lot of my a lot of my time, so it's very hard to you know have a lot of things to do outside of pool. How do you know English so well? Did you take English in school? Uh, we had English in school, but I I was never I was never good in it. Uh, I guess because I was dating for quite a long time with a uh, foreign guys like. German, uh, Switzerland, 
and then I come to America and I lived there for for almost a year and of course uh, I got better but it's it's very complicated when I don't speak for a long time English and um, I can feel that it's a, a little str- like I'm struggling a little bit to to build to make a nice sentence how it have to sound right uh, that that's happening actually the same with my Russian you know when I'm spending a lot of time in America and I don't get a chance to speak a lot of Russian I come back and I kind kind of forgetting words I, yeah. I really forget it's my I'm a native Russian speaker how can it happen so but it is happening and I know it's happening with a lot of people so uh, that's why yeah it's it's I might sound a little weird when I don't speak English for a long time so I'm sorry for that well <laughs> but, but. I I think your English is wonderful uh, my wife is from Brazil and she moved to the United States when she was 12 years old and so she's bilingual you know she also speaks Spanish mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she says the exact same thing that you do when she talks with her family or she talks with other Brazilians. She's like, man, my Portuguese is so bad. And, you know, it doesn't sound bad to me. I don't understand it, but it's, it seems like she's doing fine, you know, but she says the same thing. It's like you get rusty with one and, you know, you, you, yeah, you struggle sometimes. Yeah, there, was, uh, there was one uh, funny situation. Uh, I spent three and a half months in America last summer, and then I come back home for a day because I had to go to Eurotour in in Holland. And uh, for this day, I had interview for Russian television uh, about pool and how did I get started. And I sound so horrible, I couldn't <laughs> make a sentence. So we had to to stop after every question so I could at first trying to build this, you know, what I want to say in my head before I actually start talking. So it was horrible. And, you know, a lot of people think that actually athletes are dumb, you know, yeah. and I was perfectly proving this stereotype because <laughs> I couldn't really speak like a, like a, you know, like a decent, yeah. this, speaking distance. So it was horrible. I, you know, I want to ask you real quick, when you came to the United States, uh, where did you go in the United States? Did you travel around quite a bit? Uh, only for tournaments. Uh, I didn't have a chance to go uh, where just to, you know, just to sightseeing or vacation. Uh, but that's definitely on my plan because just last year was very busy with a lot of tournaments and me first year in America, you know, uh, I was I really didn't, I was very busy. I didn't really have a lot of time to go somewhere, but it's definitely on my bucket list to travel around and trying to even go uh, further than America, you know, trying to go to Latin America, to Canada, since I'm already on that side of the world. So, um, but yeah, just need to, to find a time. Yeah, I was just wondering like what state you went to because, you know, the way, the way, and it's probably the same way in Russia, but depending on where you go in America, you know, the language, the English language sounds very different, right? So I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, which has a T in Baltimore, but if you're from there, it's Baltimore, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, you have Louisiana where people sound way different. You have Texas, people sound different you know, um, West Coast, East Coast, you know. So I was just wondering what state you went to to play in your tournaments. 
Uh, I was like, I live originally in the sea uh, most of my time. So I've been in Baltimore and Maryland, uh, all this, you know, uh, next to states. And I've been in uh, Iowa. Uh, I've been in Louisiana. Is it where is Derby, right? Uh, Derby. Uh, Yeah, Derby is in Indiana. Yeah. But Indiana, it's yeah yeah it's near nearby right there yeah uh, right next door yeah uh, also I've been in Michigan and I've been in Vegas oh wow so that's I think pretty much it but I can I know what you mean oh also in 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 Virginia what is North and South Virginia right yeah. um. But I know what you mean, because at first when I came to America, I spent a lot of time in the middle of America because there was there was a lot of tournaments and I kind of was angry with people because you come and talk to me and you talk to me like I'm American and I understand everything you say. And plus you, you speak so unclearly, I can barely understand what you mean. Like, you know, people who like also in 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 uh, England, in Brittany, you know, uh, people in London say one speak one way, and in Scotland it's different way. You know, yeah. it's the worst accent ever. People from Sco- Scotland, right? From yeah, um, you 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 cannot really understand even they ask you how are you, and I still couldn't couldn't get what what you mean so it's the same it was the same with me when I was in America for the first time because you know you see that I'm not American so you can give me a shot and try to to talk a little bit slower and more clear (laughs) for me but no you know even I I tell you hey can you please speak slower because I can't understand shit and he's like oh shit like yeah sure and then after a couple of words you know it's the same same story so it was very complicated for me to understand, uh, but I guess uh, people in 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 my area, in in your area too. How would you say East East Coast? Is it East Coast or West Coast? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> live in Arizona now. I, I live in Arizona now, which is right next to California, out west. Is it is it East? Is it or it's West? East is uh, back where like Roy lives, Roy, yeah. you know, in in so Virginia. Yeah. That's the East Coast. In, yeah. in East Coast, people people speak more, I guess, traditional English. I don't know, more a better way to talk it for for other people to understand for foreigners. Yeah, that's because you haven't been to Massachusetts yet, where they say park your car. <laughs> that means park your that? car. <laughs> oh, really? But, yeah, it does. So you'll find out next time you come, I'm okay. sure. Yeah. So when when I inter- yeah when I interview top players, I always ask if they have any ideas for growing the sport. You know, growing pool. Um, you know, I remember growing up as a kid. I was still able to watch a lot of professional pool on television, on ESPN and things like that. Um, but now, you know, it, it's it's great with the streaming game that we have and, you know, so much going on with streaming. But you alluded to it earlier with the prize money and, you know, we kind of need something different, right? So do you have any ideas for what that might look like, uh, how to grow the game, how to grow the sport? Well... Um, I, I think it has to do something with players. There is, uh, 
a small part we can actually change as players being more uh, professional and stuff like this. But I think anyway, it depends a lot on the bigger guys than us, you know, who actually can do something and decide. I mean, with, for example, with Predator, they, I know they really tried to grow sport, organizing tournaments and, you know, supporting players and everything. And it's really great for the game. But a lot of other American, Chinese, European federations and people who have money and who can actually change that, I think they do the wrong, the wrong things, honestly. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't know names and who does that, but from what I heard and from what I saw, you know, in America, there's thousand players, thousand amateurs who play uh, leagues and they pay entry fees, for example. And even if you take one dollar from each player, just one, you know, you can raise uh, prize money of the world championships for, for men like twice. You can you can make it sixty or eighty thousand dollars, which or hundred thousand, which is already more looking like a professional world, you know, world championships. And the with the more money, there are going to be a lot of more players who would be interested to become professional because it's it's a good money, you know. But when men having thirty thousand dollars for the first place and women having forty, <laughs> which is even more, you know, it's you can't really talk serious about about the sport. Uh, so I just think people who, yeah, who have to do that and who have opportunities and money to do that, they they don't really care. I don't know other explanation for what they do. So, yeah, that's, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. So I want to interview more female players. And so I'm curious, like, who do you think I should reach out to and try to interview? Who would you listen to if I was giving them an interview? Oh, uh, Kelly and Allison Fisher. I really enjoy their company and uh, they're great, great women. Um, I don't know, some European maybe, European players. I don't know if it's 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 possible for you to talk with some Chinese or Taipei players, but there's a, a great girl from Taipei, Wuyi Chen. Uh, Weiwei is her nickname. I don't know if you ever heard about it, about her. Uh, but yeah, I I think there is, I can write you a list of players if you want. So you can, you know, try to set up some interview with them. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. Uh, who would you say is your biggest rival? Like someone that maybe you've struggled against from time to time or, you know, you always see at a tournament and it's like, oh man, you know, I got to play this person again. Is there somebody like that? No. Honestly, <laughs> no, because I never, <laughs> I never looking at the opening and thinking, oh, I have to play her again because I come here to win and to win a tournament. I have to beat her and similar with her players, you know. So it doesn't matter if I play with her first match or it's going to be the final match. I have to beat her no matter what. And if I cannot, then I cannot win the tournament. So it's kind of um, another uh, challenge for me if I meet someone like this during the tournament. Uh, I can really understand if I have a chance or not. 
because I know, for example, she's like Chen Ming, you know, if you come to any world tournament as the World Championship, China Open, Anbai Cup, um, and you meet the player and you come to win and you cannot beat the player or you're scared to play, then it's not a place for you in this tournament. Yeah. So you mentioned Predator, Predator before, and I know obviously they sponsor you, they're on your shirt, um, but I wanted to give you a minute to talk about uh, Predator <laughs> sponsorship and you know anyone else who you may want to kind of share. Uh, about my sponsorship? Yeah. Well, obviously, I I'm really I really appreciate what they do not only for me, but as I said, for all the sport, uh, sport not just a game, but exactly a professional sport. And I think they do the right job. And um, I know they support a lot of players, even here back in in Russia, the beginners, you know, who just start developing. It's a great, great um inspiration when such big company as predator um you know making sure you have a good equipment and seeing that really they really try to support you and uh, i know from myself when i was a kid i i looked as a predator and i always wanted to be a part of it you know i was always jealous of all these players who are in the pro team and um uh, one day when you know I won some tournament and we talked with Predator, I was so motivated uh, to do better because I'm like, okay, this company saw something in me and now I have to prove prove that they were wasn't wrong about me. Uh, so it's motivating a lot, I guess, players, especially young generation, a lot. And I think it's very very important because uh, you know all sports is. It's, it's built on the young generation, no matter what, on the kids and their their passion for the game. Um, so they do a great job about it. Uh, org- organizing professional tournaments, it's always on the top. Uh, so I cannot really complain about it. You know, I think they really do a great job. Other than Predator, are there any other sponsorships? Um, Voice Basement is actually also my sponsor. I spent a lot of time in the Royce house and uh, practicing with uh, one of the best players in the world, which actually helped a lot to my game. And uh, yeah, they trying to set up some matches for me and I, I cannot complain. <laughs> you know, with Roy's basement, when you say you were practicing with one of the best players in the world, that could be one of like four or five different people. <laughs> You know, because Roy has so good players. I know, like, but that's what I'm saying. It's James and Chua and Arculio and so, so many, many other players. So oh, wow. it was a very great experience for me, you know, just to come downstairs and see Carlo Beato practicing. I'm like, hey, can you shoot? Can, can you shoot with me? Can you, you know, tell me how to play here and here? And he, you know, he's, they always, you know, being very nice to me and helping so helpful it's, it, yeah it's very helpful for my game so what are your next goals for your pool career do you have any like you mentioned earlier it's really important to have goals yeah. you know what are some of those goals that you've set for yourself 
well, a world title, very uh, travel, but uh, anyway, I think it's it's something very important for any athlete. It's a world title or Olympic Games, but we don't have really one. And next year is going to be World Games. I guess it's going to be in America. I'm not sure. So it's kind of, I don't know if you know about it, but it's kind of like Olympic Games, but mm -hmm. they're not Olympic sports. So I would love to have that title, honestly. So I'll work really hard for it. And then I just, honestly, I, I think if you really enjoy the game and you really about playing game, not about winning, then it will come automatically. You know, once you really enjoy and love what you do, you, you will, you know, it will come automatically all your wins. Yeah. That's so, actually also the key how to handle all this you know pressure and uh, paranoia about your game is is just to play and trying to enjoy and focus what actually happens on the table you know this is the most important thing so again that's why alex pagulain someone like alex pagulain or joshua filler you can see their full drive it's super high because they love the game they just enjoy it and that that's why they are so good in it i guess if you don't really if you come for the tournament and you just want to win it then you're in trouble because you will never do that so honestly i just want to play and try to enjoy as much as i can um and see what happens so christina this has been great and i really thank you for taking the time to share a piece of yourself with the audience i think they're really going to love this and there's a lot of really good things in this interview that folks can kind of use and help in their own pool game and and really just to get to know you a little bit better and so uh, i want to thank you and I want to see if you had any final thoughts that you want to leave us with anything for, for folks that are listening for, you know, maybe just uh, something to leave them with. Um, let me think about it. Um, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's so many thoughts. I don't know which one to share. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to say that, uh, first of all, thank you for for your time and uh, giving me a chance to share a piece of me with with all these people who's going to watch it. And uh, I just want to say, just love the game. And if you do that, for example, professionally, everything will come. Just keep working, never give up and believe in yourself because if you're not going to believe in yourself, who will? Right? So this is the most important thing, I think. <laughs>